Should we? Yeah. Should we record? We we should. We yeah. should. Okay. Yeah. I think were we already recording? Mm-hmm. We we done been recording. Maybe we'll just leave this in. Hey everybody, it's the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Uh we are here with episode eighty one. My name is Jake. Across from me is Evan. We're talking about the whale today. Should we redo this? Uh it's not till later, so I'm gonna bury the lead. <sighs> All right. Well, anyways, we're talking about the whale getting paid. Um but- <laughs> Yeah, fun. Fun women's hockey news, but we're going to start with the uh, worst fucking thing. Yeah, the the if if NHL is boys hockey, this is the children's hockey. Uh, this is chillins. Yeah, the, the damn chillins. Get off my lawn. Uh, more like get on my team. There was a draft lottery ha- happened and uh, balls dropped in secret. There was dig- or digital balls. I'm not even sure. The whole process by which the draft happened it was all by AI, so it was, can't be trusted. Yeah, crazy. Like, yeah, the NHL is like every business bro that was into crypto last year, and they're like, "Here's my new thing, AI." And uh, <laughs> funny enough, the AI brought the uh, phenom prospect to one of the juiciest markets that you have to offer. Funny how. Uh, artificially intelligent that seems yeah the artificial intelligence is called gary called chicago to number one um yeah and uh even kevin weeks knew that that this was happening well kevin weeks knew that so the process is very interesting because they all saw the back room like selection of these these players like so they they went into the broadcast already knowing the order and then they fumbled the bag uh-huh yeah <laughs> like if there is any if you just wanted to make sure people felt confident that this was some sort of even and fair thing um fucking up the broadcast is not a way to do it because then everyone goes Zapruder film instantly. If you wanted to make sure that people didn't go Zapruder film, you could, um, I don't know, maybe not have Gary fucking Bettman as your commissioner who sure. has done this many times before. Oh yeah. And, and many twice for Chicago many times have been alleged. And, and now Anaheim is the runner up at number two in both the Bedard draft and the Sidney Crosby draft. And uh, the uh, they fell in the... Fuck, which draft was it? Was it the... They fell in the Lafreniere draft, too, I believe. Which, yeah, I well, mean, I mean, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was just doing them a favor. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for the uninitiated, um, Connor Bedard, uh, largely considered one of the better draft prospects to grace the nhl in i don't know at least 10 20 years something like that uh, i would say probably since mcdavid since mcdavid it, it, um he ended up going or presumed will be going to chicago as a result of them winning the draft lottery jumping from three to one 
And so Connor Bedard will go to ostensibly rebuild a absolutely gutted Chicago team, uh, lost both of its stars and lost in square scare quotes there. Yeah. Uh, jettisoned, both traded of its all of players. its jettisoned, both of its star players traded away all of its young talent, very clearly tanked mm-hmm. and was rewarded for that tanking in a league that doesn't tank. Yeah. I mean, that double speak is continues to be hilarious because I mean, you know, smarter people say that teams don't tank coaches, don't tank front offices tank. And that's exactly what happened here. They just, they put a roster on the ice that was devoid of talent and they traded, including Seth Jones, uh, especially Seth Jones and his brother. But, uh, yeah, Nepo babies extend to Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. Or nepotism, whatever. But, uh, like, yeah, they put together a team that was a house of cards, and they knew it. And then they traded away all of the lower cards that they could get for it. Like, they'd signed players that they knew they would trade and signed them to contracts that were eminently tradable. Um, You could go on and on about the virtues of tanking versus not tanking. And and I kind of agree with Ryan Lambert of puck soup that like, if you're not one of the top couple of teams in the league, like you should be actively tanking. Like there should be more sellers than buyers, the trade deadline than we see. Well, the NHL actively discourages that by the loser point. You're right. And, uh, that said, I wanted to see Bedard go to Anaheim just like everybody else. Um, I wanted Anaheim or Arizona. I would have been okay with Arizona. I would have been okay with Columbus too. But we don't know. Nothing good can go to Columbus. Um, But we also don't know where Arizona is going to be foreshadowing. Yeah. In the near future. Uh, We'll get to that later. They could be playing on Mars. Yeah. Um, So Kevin Weeks fucked up in the broadcast and made a comment as they went to commercial about Columbus dropping and everyone just like sat during that commercial with like buttholes clenched and like wanting to like, Oh, cause everything was chalk up to that point. Everything went according to, according to the odds, according to plan. And then like, this was the first indication like, Oh, there's trouble between one and three and then like, and it got slipped by Kevin weeks, yeah. which was a, a kind of amazing and be such a fuck up the, so that's the second year that this has happened too. Oh really? That it's gone perfectly chalk Up until, until the, top. the top because, uh, Seattle leapfrogged Anaheim a couple of years ago as well. Well, and that's also, what happened the year that the Blackhawks got into draft Kirby Doc? Yeah. So yeah, like Bedard is going to a team that has drafted high at essentially all the right times, and I don't know. It, it's not like I don't think it's a conspiracy. It just fucking feels like one. So. 
my take on this is it's a definite fucking conspiracy uh-huh. and i'm so sick of gary yeah. batman's bullshit i want him out as commissioner i've said this numerous times on this podcast so the shot came from across the grassy knoll i am uh, like the shot again yeah, gary bettman fired it like <laughs> he was in the warehouse or the book depository there were three gary's this is fucking bullshit they covered all the bases every fucking year there's something that comes out where people are like oh yeah gary bettman sucks at his job and yet he's in like year like 27 of this bullshit like nobody has stepped up and said like hey maybe we should maybe we could do better than gary bettman <laughs> Like, like I know he has great decisions in attire, but outside <laughs> of that, like those he, dad jeans, man. Outside of that, he sucks. Well, a lot of people point to the fact that the NHL has grown leaps over bounds, blah blah blah, in terms of revenue, and then you point to comparatively what all the other sports leagues have done, and then Gary looks real impotent, really real fucking, fucking fast. Bad. Yeah, it's like. The NFL grew, and I'm just making out numbers, but if the NFL grew like 4,000%, the NHL grew like 17, and you're like, huh. Yeah. yeah. We got better, guys. Like, not to mention the, like, playing hardball with ESPN and having to settle for versus, locking themselves into a stupidly long contract with NBC that proved to be not even remotely financially sound i mean it looked okay at first blush but was just too long but like anybody could have seen that these revenues were going to rapidly expand and he was just like you know what no i'm good with mediocrity let's roll that dice what's more american than that uh well (laughs) management just good with some mediocrity yeah i mean it's really disheartening when when like half of the NHL fan base goes, well, that was clearly rigged and like, you don't disagree with them. So what happens when Bedard gets exposed as mediocre? First off, I don't think it's going to happen. Like yeah, here in, I I was texting with my brother today and I was like, I actually kind of hope Bedard sucks now. A lot of people do. And, and, And like, that would be very, very funny. But also, not entirely without. Yeah. But nobody wishes that because of anything that Connor Bedard did. Yet. Everybody, yeah, like, there's probably some tweet about him hating gay people on, <laughs> out there somewhere. No, I but mean, like, like, yeah, what what if, like, something happens and he's, you know, persona non grata or something, or I don't know. He's the guy distributing all these Seventh-day Adventist books, like, whatever. Did you get those, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I threw <laughs> mine in the recycle bin uh, that next to the mailbox. I was like, fuck this. I feel bad for wanting him to fail and wanting Adam Fantilli to be just like the second coming of Jesus. I mean, Connor McDavid. But wouldn't it be funny? It would be funny and it would be deserved. And not for Connor, again, not for Connor Bedard. Right. He would still be a victim in all this. Yes. And that's why I like kind of go to him like somehow turning heel because it's like, uh, we, we need a reason to want him to fail. He's this is. I hope oh, he has like apart a, from the Blackhawks. I hope he has like a Hulk Hogan NWO turn, like <laughs> where like he changes his entrance theme and he comes in and like 
starts wearing all black and like and then he uh sues gawker for a bajillion dollars and makes them close down yeah uh and finances his lawsuit by his relationship with peter Thiel. yeah like that kind that heel turn yeah that's a heel turn that that is definitely a heel turn (laughs) um the the thing that i i i feel bad about wanting connor bedard to kind of fail but mostly i just want Maybe, you know what? Maybe he can be like extremely good. You but want a fair everybody you- else in Chicago sucks, right? And as I said in our text thread, uh, Connor Bedard has officially signed in 2040 with the New York Rangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, I kind of go to ESPN and all this. And I'll actually be the youngest player on the Rangers <laughs> team at that point. Yeah, they still have me because of Benicia. <laughs> no discredit to mika zibinijad he's awesome but like he's a dj everybody on the team is so old (laughs) they are i think of espn and all of this and like how they have gone just fucking gaga over like jamarcus russell and tim tebow and look how that happened look how that went you know for these teams that like Mel Kuyper said Jamarcus Russell was a can't-miss prospect. And, yeah, I mean, he couldn't miss a day without coating syrup. Yeah, he couldn't miss a day without a trip to the buffet. Look at that rhyme. I'm a fucking poet. Um, Pulitzer, right here. Award it. Pull it, give it right here. Um yeah, ESPN, I mean, they have a long history of doing this, like just like slurping hard on the phallus of, yeah, of the top draft any pick. athlete that they can. And if it's a top draft pick that is like a position player or I don't know, they yeah. went fucking hard for Tebow, like <coughs> fucking like his they were, sophomore year of college or his right. freshman year of college. Like they they went succession and just like decided like, Hey, this is our guy. We're going to amplify him no matter how epically he fails. That guy who did professional level, that guy who did circumcisions in the Philippines. Yeah. That guy. (laughs) Uh, and you know what? Maybe Connor Bedard did circumcisions in the Philippines. And if that's the case, um, weird, but like, (laughs) well, I mean, he's like 17. So like, that would just be weird to be doing as an underage person like that. He shouldn't be trusted with medical procedures. He also seems way more fucking normal than Tim Tebow. Hopefully he's more normal than Connor McDavid too. Like uh, he seems like Connor McDavid bot, but a little warmer, a little like an improved, like like a V like like, a version two or three. Like Gen Z. Yeah. A Gen Z McDavid bot. Like he would have been Connor McDavid, but he's been hanging out with Trevor Zegras. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Like, I don't know how much more I have to really say about this other than like, I, I don't wish ill on Connor Bedard, but I do wish ill on the Chicago Blackhawks. And like, I think, you know, between the rape thing and the racist mascot thing and the obvious tanking and the like zero repentance for what was done, uh like so what you're hoping for is a holdout yeah eli manning style uh i don't want to go to san diego i want to go to new york eric lindros style yeah the only downside to that would be i mean peter forsberg went to like peter forsberg was part of the lindros trade Mm -hmm. and when quebec 
moved to Colorado, they won a cup. If she, if the Blackhawks move somewhere and win a cup there, I'll be ecstatic. Branson, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, Branson Blackhawks. Uh, they're like they're moving to Salt Lake City, uh, <laughs> yeah. where the be- the beer doesn't get you drunk, but god damn it, it's beautiful. <laughs> but the God will. Yeah, that that Mormon God, that that grave robbing rock farmer God. Uh, um, the the other ridiculous thing that you might be hoping for is is the Ricky Williams playbook. But it would have to be after the fact. You'll have to refresh me on this. Somebody trades their whole draft for one player. Yeah. Like Winnipeg is like, we're going to give you, we're going to give you like our whole old ass team and all our draft picks. Yeah. For Bedard. Mark Shifley. Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler and seven draft picks. And, and like, that honestly, that'd be worth it. Probably, <laughs> he's so good. And like, yeah, the only player you retain is like Hellebuck, and then like Adam Lowry and Kyle Connor. Only because no, you fucking trade Kyle Connor too. Fuck him. Um, but oh, he's you, a good Michigan boy. You, but you is Adam Lowry even still on the team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you keep him because uh, you have no money, and his dad can be coach. Yeah, for super cheap. Um, yeah, I. I I Yeah, I'm just really mad. Uh and somebody was like, "Oh, you're just mad because the Red Wings didn't move up." I'm like, "No, I'm not mad." No, like the Red Wings a- stayed exactly where they were supposed to. That's fine. You and everyone else because everyone legitimately hated this. Like yeah. everybody hated this. Even uh, some Blackhawks fans were like, "We don't deserve this." And I as a disaffected former Blackhawks fan agree. They didn't fucking deserve that. Like in a fair universe, Connor Bedard does not go to the Blackhawks. In a fair universe, they they fall to like eight, and still get a good player, and whatever. But sure, Connor Bedard goes to a team that actually deserves him. But you talk about like the comparative sort of penalties that other teams have had to pay for, uh, not hiding a rape situation um the coyotes got stripped of a first round draft pick for having workouts yeah having workouts at at a combine and put putting kids in shorts yeah like like they're the fucking joggers like, only bitch right, right yeah the nhl is fucking mennonites they're like oh these prospects can only wear jean dresses you cannot show your ankle in public you hussy <laughs> exactly. you harlot exactly um versus yeah harlot you touch my toe yeah uh, versus the devils who got a draft pick stripped for signing Ilya kovalchuk to what was a legal contract a at the perfectly time perfectly legal contract yeah and marion hosa signed to an almost identical contract no pick strip from the blackhawks yeah no, like people think that Batman's baby is the Coyotes, and they're right. But he is bedfellows with the Blackhawks. Oh, like, he's got he's got multiple babies. There it's is a, it's like succession. It's like figuring penguins, out which one his favorite baby is at the time. The Penguins, the Blackhawks, the Coyotes. Gary Bettman is Logan Roy. 
Uh, I don't get that reference, but I appreciate you it. You should. Uh, I don't watch Succession. <laughs> um, He's a... Uh, uh, so, it's like, Logan Roy is supposed to be uh, Rupert Murdoch. And he's ruthless and conniving and uses his family and has made it into this, like, sibling hunger games. Hmm. And... That's what Gary's been doing. <laughs> like, um, he's got he's got the Blackhawks, he's got the Coyotes, and then like Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah, and then like the thought of Atlanta, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> because according to Kevin Weeks, that might be a thing. Yeah, Gary Bettman sucks. This sucks. I kind of hope Connor Bedard sucks. That yeah, that's that's the end of the story. I think that's that's <laughs> and, all I got. And, and, I'm just. Disgruntled. You know, Connor Bedard is he's he's not gonna suck. Like, no, he's not gonna suck at all. Not, He'll probably score like seventy five points his first season, and we'll be like, "Fuck, he's really good." I feel like he's gonna have like three shitty games out the gate, and people are like, "What's up?" And then be like, "Austin Matthews scored four goals in his first game. What are you doing, Connor?" Yeah, exactly. And he's gonna be like, "Well, he's gonna be like eating pancakes like everybody named Connor." <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like yeah uh this team is so shitty and they can't put anyone around me he's gonna decide to go back to college yeah he'll uh he'll look at their roster and be like i think i'm gonna go play hockey in boston for a bit yeah B B U looks real tempting yeah he's gonna get an education in medieval metallurgy so that he can uh home make eastern aluminum shafts hipsto ironically he should just hit up brendan shanahan he's probably still got like 200 of them <laughs> he's probably built a house with those fucking things yeah he, he just like pulls one out of the plaster of his house and gives it to him he's like i don't use lath i use aluminum sticks here you go buddy <laughs> this one's for you so uh coming out of this draft lottery do you have any other thoughts feelings hopes dreams uh i somehow hope that uh, a center or a right-handed defenseman falls to the wings. Okay. Uh, other than that, eh, it, like, <laughs> it's it's a pretty, even with the super high end, like you have like Bedard who is holy shit. And then you've got like Michkov who's probably going to slip because he's a Russian, but is probably like Corey Pronman yeah. and Scott Wheeler are both like he is just behind bedard and skill oh absolutely it's just a question of you don't get to see him for two or three years yeah and so he's gonna fall because of the russian thing um you've got adam fantilli who is a fantastic he may just get conscripted any day yeah there's also that he might be in like fucking eastern ukraine in two weeks he's Um, gonna be the dude the next dude like surrendering to a drone (laughs) Did you see, I would. Did you see that fucking video? No, but I would too. I'd be like, no, you got me. This is crazy video of a Russian soldier Ukraine, uh, surrendering to a drone after another drone like takes out his two buddies with a grenade. And he's just like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm done. I am, uh, I'm not getting killed by a machine. And there's this like whole exchange where he's communicating with the drone or several drones that are like ferrying notes to him (laughs) but also communicating via like 
shaking themselves in the air, like up or down to say yes, sideways to say no. And so he says like, are you going to beat me in like kind of sign language? It's like punch me. No. And they, they shake. No. <laughs> and, and you know, he's like vodka drink. And they say, yes. <laughs> but like all of the drones came together to make a face and spoke out of the mouth of the drone face. No, that's and just a like, muse concert. I, I don't like how this, how this goes forward. I've played horizon zero dawn <laughs> and I am not looking forward to our dinosaur robot overlords. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's fucking Connor Bedard after a couple years of being surrounded by nothing in Chicago because they have nothing. They have nothing in the pipeline. They have traded away anybody that was worth anything, even the young players. It made like they tanked so fucking stupid hard that I kind of think they're likely to to pay the price for it. I mean, we saw Buffalo pay the price for tanking for Jack Eichel in that they still have sucked. Like they got lost in the wilderness to try and get to the promised land and they couldn't build a winning team. Like you, sometimes you can suck so bad until they traded Jack Eichel and got Alex Tuck. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, Like, but it is possible to suck so bad that you can't get out of tanking when you need to. And I think the Blackhawks may have fallen into that. Fingers crossed, bro. (laughs) Uh, speaking of teams that don't suck, the playoffs are underway, uh, are actually nearing their completion, we should say. Well, I think we're technically at the halfway point. Well, yeah, but Two there's, series. Only, there's only four teams left, though. I mean, Sure. I mean, yeah, we can't watch hockey uh, games, literally every night except for one game. <laughs> games played wise, we are nearing the, the conclusion of the playoffs. Yeah, but that's a that's a hugely weighted statistic it's still like two months away um we're past the best time of the year which is two to three hockey games every night oh god the first like two weeks of the playoffs is just like music yeah but the nhl did do us a solid and they have scheduled the next couple of rounds really nicely if you look at like yeah it's one game a night right it's perfect and i'm basically going to schedule my life around these games yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely um we'll uh kind of quickly recap what has happened Mm -hmm. uh so carolina and new jersey was mostly like carolina and then jersey uh uh, the which is odd because jersey is normally so loud um the uh carolina is just that good like yeah they're down like three they're three best players no well Sebastian Ajo's playing Jacob Slavin's playing okay like, fine yeah Trevine is not their third best player and neither is Max Pacioretty I mean he's only played two t- two games for the team so like <laughs> he can't but like Andre right. Svechnikov is he one of their best players he has more like busted Achilles than he has games played for that team yeah uh, so like but they are down a lot of talent and the the machine just keeps humming along really yeah they they muscled uh New Jersey get that Rod the bod. Yeah, he's he's muscular. Oh, oh, be, because he's got muscles. That's why you're saying that. He muscled uh yeah. Carolina muscled Jersey like it was some like moonshiner muscling the situation at the bar. Carolina muscled 
New Jersey, like Rod the Bod putting on a button-up shirt. <laughs> Dude, that's got to be a struggle. He just pushes it around until it somewhat fits. His tailor is like, I hate you. Yeah, why and stop I hate, doing this? You know, can you stop working out so hard, Rod? <laughs> no. As he's doing curls. <laughs> no. Do you carry those barbells with you everywhere? Except for the shower and bed with my lady friend. <laughs> Sometimes um, bed with the lady friend. <laughs> I, I do like that Rod Brindamore came out and said that uh, coaching NHL players and coaching children is kind of the same. <laughs> like, from a hockey coach level, yeah. But uh, his team is looking amazing. They are firing on all cylinders. Um They got Jordan Martinook to go nuclear. Like, what the fuck? Love that guy. <laughs> you love him. Yeah. The, the, the Svachnikov. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, never gets old. Notorious for just crazy yelling lineup announcements. Like, I, I don't understand why they released him in the first place, but they like re- released him and then brought him back. And now he's turned into their version of old man connor mcdavid i mean he's kind of like a sort of like a rod brindamore <laughs> in a weird way yeah except he didn't have the unfortunate mishap of going to michigan state <laughs> uh yeah Mar- yeah it was a, it was a really weird series in that N- new jersey looked slow and they looked slow because i think carolina did a really nice job of kind of tactically changing up their zone entries and also their defensemen just did an amazing job of gap control and shutting rushes down in the defensive zone. I mean, Jacob Slavin was an animal in just like putting Dawson Mercer, Jack Hughes, Igor Sharangovich into the fucking boards, no matter if they like kind of got around him, he slowed him down enough for, full coverage yeah somebody to recover and get in position behind him yeah it's it was really a a textbook display and you know i don't know that rod brindamore gets enough credit for Mm -hmm. for this like his teams play an extremely defensive version of hockey but it's extremely aggressive to the point where it looks like it's offense. Yeah. And you know, the, they kind of coined or started the term power kill. Uh, (laughs) they, uh, which sounds like a move and doom, but like, it's sounds like an energy drink from the early two (laughs) thousands. Yeah. It's like power power kill kill. and surge and nut buster and, (laughs) uh, chest hair. You can only buy it at a gas station. Uh, like, that's like and it's in a cooler that may or may not be on like in the bathroom the lights are flickering uh it looks like you pull up and it looks like a resident evil setting it's something that they test truckers for or like silent hill (laughs) (laughs) power kill uh the uh the it was it's just they're a well-coached team that plays a great system they're fun to watch despite being that that's that very defensively oriented yeah it's defensive but it ain't boring that's for sure (coughs) yeah like pay attention new york islanders like (laughs) uh stop killing matthew barzal and play some fucking offense uh 
there was a very interesting moment where Jordan Martinuk in a scrum uh, ripped off Logan Siegenthaler's helmet. Jonas very, Siegenthaler. Sorry, Jonas Siegenthaler. Uh, in a scrum and, and inadvertent or not inadvertently forced him to leave the ice as you have to do per rule, uh, which led to a critical goal early in the series. And that's playoff hockey, baby. Yeah. And it was a rough series for Siegenthaler because he's also the one who shot the puck out of the zone zone over the net and or over yeah. the boards and took the penalty in overtime that decided the series. Granted, that series was already done anyways, but yeah. like it's just it's a rough day for Siegenthaler, who's actually had a really nice kind of glow up in New uh-huh. Jersey after coming there from Washington. Um but yeah, tough day at the office. Yeah, tough day for uh, goalies in, in uh, New Jersey. What even are goalies anymore? Uh, that's honestly very poignant to say. Because that's the lesson of this playoffs is like WTF goalies. Um, yeah, Vitek Vanacek, after having a really solid regular season, um, like I think shitting the bed would be putting it nicely. Uh, <laughs> was just really bad in the playoffs. Yeah, is so um, far so that he gave the crease to Akira Schmid, who, yeah. um, I mean, he did sort of turn back into a pumpkin a little bit to quote Puck Soup. All yeah, the he's fucking time. Yeah, that's their favorite saying. Yeah, he's not the answer probably but he looked a lot better than vanacek did in the playoffs right because he's sort of a journeyman already um so he doesn't have a whole like a whole lot of pedigree there he's got an amazing name yeah uh, oh absolutely (laughs) yeah he's still out there somewhere powering up yeah uh but long-term Akira, probably not as dominant as the anime monster Akira. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who could be? Um, the kittens, on the other hand. The kittens. Yeah, that's actually the answer to your question is who is uh, fucking Florida, man. Not yeah. Florida, man. Fucking Florida. Well, they up, are man. going Florida, man, on the rest of the fucking league because uh, uh, this once 120-point team nascent in the regular season has come alive in the playoffs and boy them kittens are hunting they uh and they're mostly uh like 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 a ball of yarn like they're <laughs> they're not hunting mice and pigeons in the backyard they're they're or hunting swallows. whatever poor fucker the toronto maple leaves put in net uh which I mean, when Toronto made their moves in goal in the offseason. Everybody was like, that's probably going to come back to bite them. And then all season, <laughs> all regular season, the Leafs were like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Look at how good they've been. Like, look at how good they've been. Like, Samsonov, Samsonov has had a great season. Matt Murray, when he's healthy, looks pretty legit. Garrett Wall is awesome. When he's healthy, it was like 15 games. And then the playoffs happened, and... Like just fling and dung, just like a like a like a rhino with diarrhea, just like all over. So they kind of went WTF goalies, but too far. Like you can't get you. 
you can't rely on Ilya Samsonov for a whole cup runs worth of performance. You can't rely on Matt Murray to be on the ice longer than five minutes. Uh, what you got? Yeah, it's so it's it's funny. It's I mean, great. I mean, the last oh, it's so the last episode, you know, we kind of bantered back and forth about whether or not it was good that the Leafs made it out of the first round and that joke is dead. Well, this joke might be better because they yeah. got flattened. Yeah, I mean, they, they got flattened so hard that all the goodwill of them getting out of the first... Evaporated. Just, yeah, like fucking morning dew in the sun. Like bong smoke at a Cheech and Chong <laughs> concert. Like, or wait, like bong smoke <laughs> at a Cypress Hill concert. Like, it's, I hope you don't cut that. Um, yeah, I'll keep them both in. Um, <laughs> it it's just Cheech and Chong just felt too dated. Yeah, also Granted, that's, Cypress not a, that's not a concert. That's what's great. <laughs> yeah, no, they have concerts. Cheech and Chong. Yeah, those were movie characters. Yeah, but they did shows and stuff. I thought. Did they? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I think that was maybe, a whole act. Maybe jokes on me. Yeah, and I mean they're in a band in the in Up and Smoke, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, LOL Leafs. Yeah. Wow, Leafs. Uh, Matthew Kachuk might win the Conn Smythe even if the Panthers are kicked out this round. Like, And he probably made his way into a Hart Trophy nominee partially by what he's been showing the voters in the last couple of weeks. He's been like the, the constant stirrer of shit that he has always been. And he's always kind of had that extremely gifted offensive talent mm-hmm. it's like if you're measuring radiation levels at <laughs> chernobyl like <laughs> it's going on the on the spectrometer is that what it uh dosometer radometer i don't know <laughs> anyways anyways he's really fucking good and the next test for carolina's defense and their system is, is dealing him. with matthew yeah. kachuk yeah because he's special. He he is he has played his way into easily a top ten player in the NHL if he wasn't already. And on impact level like on skill level, sure, yeah, top ten, top fifteen, whatever. On impact level, though, he might be a top five NHL player. With, oh, absolutely. Like, what also, he brings to the table. Also swag like oh yeah dude just has buckets of swag the mouth guard chewing the like uh seemingly uh picking fights with every fan base in the nhl Mm -hmm. uh and winning um (laughs) he's he's definitely the epitome of nhl player who you hate if he's not on your team but if he was on your team you would fucking love him and second place in that category is his brother so (laughs) and then the third is like the person who's should be kind of an honorary kachuk in Tyler Bertuzzi. So <laughs> like it, it's like, he's their long lost older brother. The Matthew Kachuk's having a special off season. There's no way around it. Sergei Bobrovsky is having a special off season. He's like sort of kind of maybe justifying the absurd contract that they give it, gave him. Mm-hmm. This series is the only one that I'm actually really interested in. of yeah, The two I, conference finals skipping. I mean, we are skipping ahead a little bit, but yeah, that is definitely one 
that I'm just really interested from game one, from the jump, like what's the vibe? How are these guys playing against each other? Because ostensibly they play a very similar style and, and Florida's got some serious talent. They don't, I don't think they have the depth that Carolina does. I don't think they've got the defensive talent that Carolina does. Oh, nobody's got the defensive talent that Carolina does. Right. So, I mean, Carolina trades away good defensemen because they've got other good defensemen. (laughs) (laughs) The Leafs looked shocked and uninspired against. They were bad against Florida. They were just really bad. And I kind of thought of the fake headline for the Beaverton. You know, it's like, it's like, the hockey onion for the uninitiated uh kittens play with their food (laughs) like just eating leaves in the backyard and vomiting up vomiting vomiting them up in central ontario right it's like whenever you see like an actual street cat with a mouse it usually like befriends the mouse first and then then eats it later no no we're best friends broken neck (laughs) (laughs) so i think we're left with what is actually a compelling series in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Uh, I would still pick Carolina. uh, Yeah. But if Florida executes beatdown in game one, all bets are off. Yes, absolutely. So we'll see what happens, I'm going to say, tomorrow night. But this may not come out until Friday. So, (laughs) you know, it might be tomorrow night or yesterday. You decide which one is correct. I feel like a beatdown between these two teams is going to be like 2-1. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing there is, you know, Bob is playing really well. Carolina's goalies have been fine, but I, uh, they're not. They're like Midwestern mom fine. They're yeah. fine. They're f- fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. Fine. How's Freddie Anderson? He's been fine. How, how's how's uh, Kevin's drug habit going? His recovery? It, it's fine. fine. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, there, there will be. We're going to get a real test here of both teams, I think. And that's what makes it compelling. They play similar and yet very different styles. Um, I mean, Paul Maurice has brought a much more stable style uh, mm-hmm. to this team than uh, his predecessors did uh, in the the high flying last year Panthers. Um, I also, I just can't foresee Paul Maurice getting a team to the finals. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole fucking aside is why didn't you just stick with Andrew Brunette? Yeah. Like he's now, either a coach in waiting in Jersey or about to get hired away to some other head coaching job. Um, but Paul Maurice has been good question mark in the playoffs. He has, <laughs> I mean, they, they had to make a mad dash at the end of the last month of the regular season to even make the playoffs. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the, the difference between the headline of Panthers miss playoffs versus what we've seen was like so razor thin. A point for a, a single point yeah. <laughs> that required the Blackhawks to win. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, I, I, I'm not too worried about that though. I, the the real questions are ahead of us for the, both of these teams, and you know we'll see if Carolina can make it to the finals, and this time they won't have to play the Red Wings. So lucky for them. <laughs> I think the real story, or I guess interest 
going into the series is like the, the human interest pieces. Um, Rod the Bod, Brenda Moore is now coaching against Paul Maurice, under whom he got his coaching start. And uh, Pete DeBoer is, I mean, con- similarly like leading Dallas against the team that fired him in Vegas. Um, and then you get the Stall Show. Stall Show. Stall Show. Um, all, all three brothers that are currently in the NHL are in the series right now in various capacities. I mean, several of them are ghosts of themselves, but yeah. they're all, they're all on the roster. Only so it counts. Only, only Jordan's really like still a super effective player. And that's right. Not as a, a skilled forward, but as a shutdown defensive center, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's kind of what his his best moments were anyways. I mean, he, yeah, but he was a very skilled offensive dis, uh, center for a while. Like he was uh-huh. a much better version of like Matthew Deneau. Um, sure. Whereas now he's not he's not going to fill the stat sheet offensively, but he will lock down your top line and force Jack Hughes to cry. So, but also Eric has scored some big goals in this playoff. Cool. <laughs> and then like Mark is somewhere. Yeah, he's he's got that tin advisor <laughs> and he's Mark is just he's doing his thing. He's 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 Mark. That's that's Malk. Mark. Mark. Um there is technically a fourth stall brother, but we assume he's either been disowned or possibly executed on the other side of the continent. Um, the well, West was one. Well, the Western conference is, uh, actually encompasses like two thirds of the continent. <laughs> but like, I mean, if you think about like the concentration of political power and, uh, you know, population in like the, early part of american history that makes sense yeah absolutely no i get it and like you know nhl living in the 1880s the dallas dallas seattle series uh went seven games it was probably the most entertaining of the 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 series that came before it the four uh uh conference semis a lot of the corner finals were kind of performative. Like the, the first round was nice and chaotic. And then, and then we kind of got chalk in the second round, at least in the East. Um, like the Leafs do what the Leafs do in the playoffs. <laughs> Carolina <Yeah>. lose like <laughs> tore uh, Jersey asunder. The West, but, however, we had a couple of slobber knockers and yeah. And, and no one expected the Kraken to be here. Yeah, the Kraken are doing it in a way that it's novel. Yeah, it's it's not how you build a good team in the modern NHL, but it is. It's it's Moneyball. Like this is sort of. I mean, what they did is they got cheap players. They got a, a, a cascade of cheap players, and by cascade, I mean that they're in the Cascades range. Yes. And that the, the like Vegas was like, we're going to get all the good players. We're going to get good quick. And they've struggled because, well, some of those players are maybe overvalued. And Vegas says, we are going to get a ton of cheap players that have deals that sort of waterfall. And so they have cost protection on these guys 
forever. Yeah. And the ability to like add stars because I mean, they got what it was like 10 goals out of 12 different forwards on that team. Yeah. I think the key here is they are able because they don't have to spend nine to 12 million on any of their players. They can spend three to 4 million and get better third and fourth line guys and Mm -hmm. third pairing guys who can contribute offensively while still locking people down. I think the key there is that they like your first and your second line might be better than their first and second line, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be by a huge margin. Well, and their first and second line are nicely defensively minded. Right. And so you've got a bunch of guys that can like Jared McCann scores 40 goals, still pretty defensively responsible. And you've got Yanni Gord, great defensive forward. I um, love Yanni Gord so much. Gord's good. Uh, if that dude's not the the captain in Seattle next be. year, they're doing. Who's the captain of, this year? Schwartz. I don't think anybody was. I think they're like the they, one they, of they went captainless. captainless. That's weird. The fucking the one team with like ship kind of adjacent logo goes with the fucking no captain. Yeah, no captain. My captain. Um, the uh the it's a bummer to see them get knocked out because it was such a, it was one of the better remaining stories out mm-hmm. there uh what we saw and i think i don't know if i called this out on on here or like just talking to my friends but Philip Grubauer was so good against yeah. Colorado, against the team that jettisoned him, that refused to pay him. And he kept it up. Sort of. I mean, spite will do a lot of things yeah. in life. We Yo, know that, absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. So many people achieve greatness purely out of spite. Yeah. and But against Dallas, he wasn't as good. Um, no, because and, Dallas also better. <laughs> Well, the, it's I, crazy I think, to think of like Dallas as a higher scoring team that Colorado, but Colorado injured as fuck. Like Dallas right now, their secondary scoring is kicking into gear and they don't even have Jason Robertson at full steam. Yeah, he hasn't been playing. He hasn't been scoring at all. No, I mean, he, um, he the back end of the series, he's been shooting like crazy and hitting posts yeah like crazy like yeah it, there is it's, that it's he, coming he it's hit like coming. seven posts in that series and you're like uh, all right let's yeah. see what happens like you could Vegas. kind of tell like kraken maybe got a little lucky to push dallas to where they did yeah uh for sure i think there's the way seattle plays which is high energy all the time keep it up as much as possible mm-hmm. And then weather it when you can't. And we saw that in this series where they they play that way. I mean, if you watch game seven, in some ways, I thought they were really taking the game to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Grubauer did have finally had an excellent game in game seven. He was a monster in game seven. Yeah, but then Andre um, would make the save and then you would get fucking Miro Heiskanen who would skate it three quarters of the way and uh, then have, you know, like Tyler Sagan had a great series. He, he looks 
like the player they've always wanted him to be. And so I think there's the better team won. And, Absolutely. And really, like, the key there is Dallas, and I think this might be the thing that makes them probably not a cup favorite, but I'd say, like, probably second to Carolina or maybe second to Vegas. I don't know. But they've got the best goalie left. Sure. He's looked a little shaky at times, but maybe more like he's injured or just tired. He Like, this is is Jake Ottinger's first season as, like, a true bell cow goalie. And there's a reason we only see a couple of these bell cow goalies. I mean, like, what, it's him and Vasilevsky and a handful of other guys that, like, really control a crease. And, like, so it's sort of like his rookie season as being the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's absolutely predictable that he might kind of just get exhausted at some points and that like i think dallas was smart with it in that when shit hit the fan a couple times in the kraken series they just pulled him yeah just okay you're done cool wedgewood get in there with his ninja turtles mask (laughs) it's so good yeah it's one of my favorite things of the playoffs it is it is lovely and Um, great great journeyman goaltender stories scott wedgewood um but Jake Ottinger will be fine. Like yeah. he'll perform when he needs to. He's a absolute beast. Um, it's just probably got a little tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the flip side of that Western conference finals coin, we've got the Vegas golden Knights who I think everybody's just kind of tired of at this point. Like, <laughs> like, okay. Oh, Vegas is here again. Cool. Like, uh, like I'm kind of over it. Um, is it crazy to think that they missed the playoffs last year? Yeah. I, I mean, that it, seems like it was, were, yes, they were fucking awful last right, year. Yeah. But it also seems uh, like it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it turns out when you get like, I, I get on my high horse about this several times, but I think this is a decent time to do it. When you trade for players, it takes time to adjust. Yeah. And I think we saw that with Florida. Uh, this year Calgary for sure. We saw it with Calgary for this. I mean, and, and that's failure to adjust like the, the Sutter way did not work for those dudes. Yeah. Um, Vegas took time to adjust to Jack Eichel and Jack Eichel took time to adjust to Vegas. And now that Mecca is at full power. Yeah. It's fucking scary. He's having a great playoffs. Uh, Vegas, you know, in a lot of ways, kind of asserted dominance over Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton's going to f- fly high, right? You know, you know what they're going to do offensively. You know what's coming at you. They they just sack tapped Edmonton. Yeah. The, well, they just they suck at defense and they suck at five on five. And what do you call it when, in video games when you, you, you do the like squat thing? And Oh, uh, from uh halo i yeah. can't remember God, you're the gamer come on i i i'm not an xbox guy i'm a playstation guy <sighs> i bought a ps5 specifically so i could play horizon <laughs> forbidden west specifically so i could not play with other people yeah oh absolutely yeah <laughs> fuck other people in video games i i don't need them and they don't need me um I, no i think I, I need you oh that's very just not with video games um i i think we are we saw kind of what we've seen from 
uh, Edmonton every year, which is their incredible offensive talent yeah. doesn't hold up in the playoffs. And it's the depth. Like they're they're a roller hockey team and then they just can't defend. They're and well they're a they're a silver team where their top line is balls out <laughs> and then their second line is dudes who are only playing in silver to keep the average down. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and the question is always going to be goaltending with this team because it's like if you have a star goaltender back there, maybe you weather that. Yeah, Stuart Skinner uh, was bad. Stuart, he, he was bad. Yeah, his mom was yelling at him, and it was Stuart, and it was kind of surprising. To see that Raycroft didn't put Jack Campbell in sooner. That was crazy. Um, that I mean, is that one of the other, like, WTF goalies? That is, to me, the through thread in this entire playoffs. It's, like, Allmark never getting sat when you have Swayman for the Bruins. It's this, where, yeah, Stuart Skinner, he got you to the promised land, but... You have this other guy who's fresh, who's good, generally, and, like, just don't even give him a shot when your other dude is struggling. Like, that is the... That's why you have a backup goaltender. Right. And, and Because of these situations. Right. Vegas has three backup goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> they all would have played better than Stuart Skinner. Carolina's got a good number two. And a good number three. <laughs> like, like, Jersey... Yeah, imagine if Carolina still had fucking Ned... Yeah, yeah. Jersey also faltered in the goaltending position. Yep, kind of goalie first. Kraken goalies played great. No, no harm there. But like Leafs goalies, bad. Yeah. So, yeah, WTF goalies, but also hot goalies. Like you get you get the right goalie in the right position at the right time, and you can go far. I mean, that's that's the story of NHL playoff hockey that is as old as time. Yeah. Like it, well, and the thing about Vegas is, you know, much like, uh, gushers in the nineties <laughs> for fun in the sun, you don't have to go far, just open a bag in the air. You are, <laughs> and, or sorry, in the, anywhere you are, uh, but they're already in the sun and they're having fun and, you know, they're getting excellent play out of Aiden Hill. I was going to say, is Aiden Hill a gusher? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what his sexual proclivities are, but, uh, but Aiden Hill, basically like a cardboard cutout cast off by San Jose has provided Vegas with 940 goaltending over a series. Yeah. After Laurent Brassois went down with that injury, it was like, uh Oh, what's, right. what's Vegas going to do? And the answer is get better goaltending. Yeah. Laurent come at me, Brassois was having a really good series and only succeeded the to due to injury. Yeah. So like they now have four goalies. The the really the story is the goalie coach. Sean Burke was actually called out by his head coach as like doing an amazing job. And when you have the equivalent of the four members of Nickelback as goalies in Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, Laurent Brossois, and like a sprinkling of the ghost of Jonathan Quick, he's turned them into the fucking Beatles. And 
it's like what era of the Beatles? Uh, are we talking white like album. help or no, we're talking like we're talking revolver, white, white, white album. yeah okay. white album revolver uh they're aiden hill is a 940 goalie on what fucking planet this one turns <laughs> yeah, out turns out earth <clears throat> now um it's this dude has painted his sistine chapel of coaching with making these goalies as good as they are. And that's one of the things I'm looking for in the next series is can that hold up against Dallas? Cause Dallas's secondary scoring is, is turning on. I mean, Rupe hints is he is dropping hints. And as we've been saying, Jason Robinson, not full power yet. Can this, I don't know, hearty foursome of goalies for Vegas hold up against what has been really good. Dallas secondary scoring is, is that's going to be what I'm watching in the next, next series very closely. Yeah. uh, And you know, with that, you know, we're going to get Dallas Vegas, a series that nobody wanted. Um, Like nobody likes Dallas and people are tired of Vegas (laughs) and, I'm going to root for whoever comes out of the East. Have you seen um, the the map of it's, it's hockey nation and it's just the whole Southern half of the U S yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, you should never put teams in warm weather cities. Um, have you seen who's in the finals? Like, yeah. So let's they go all warm. weather. Let's go. There is the fucking, the cold weather gatekeepers. Um, everyone has been complaining. What? After the Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals have been set, everyone's been like, this is the worst thing in the league. Uh, And it's like, no, this is actually the best thing. I think on the whole, it's better that we have a bunch of warm market teams competing for the cup. Um, They're not traditional teams. And so you have then the chance to pull in fans that maybe otherwise aren't paying attention to hockey just by virtue of the fact that, Hey, you're competing for the ultimate prize in North Carolina or Florida or Las Vegas, you know? Yeah. They, I was actually just arguing with somebody about this on the comment boards on the athletic. Was it, was it Tim pool or Tim Peel? Uh, no, but Tim Peel, like, uh, Ohio, nothing good comes out of him. There was a comment that, Gary Bettman uh, has actually been a great commissioner for the NHL because he uh, like kind of created the migration to the South. And that is why they have great TV deal, a great TV deal now. And I'm like, one, it's not a great TV deal. It's just the best TV deal they've ever had. It's decent. And two, they already had all those teams in the South when the OLN and when the NBC contracts were created, were signed the reason the OLN contract happened was because Gary decided to play hardball with ESPN and ESPN was like, we don't fucking need you, bud. (laughs) Yeah. And and so like, you're right. Like it is good. It grows the game. It's good to have hockey in non-traditional markets. Um, And the fact that these teams are much better run than their Canadian counterparts kind of speaks to, the fact that hockey has become 
that much more uh, prominent in these non-traditional markets because like for every like Ken Holland was bad in Detroit. <laughs> he was bad. And he, and he was, was bad in Edmonton. He, well, that's the point. Like Kyle or <laughs> Ken Holland was bad in Detroit and they hire they demoted him to hire Steve Eiserman and he left and the place he had to go was Edmonton. And yeah, Edmonton's got the best player in the world there, but like the best GM they could get after Peter Torelli just sabotaged that franchise for a decade was the guy who had just sabotaged the Red Wings for like six or seven years. 200 hockey men come back to make roost. Yeah. And so this is, uh, it's kind of a, a barometer that, you know, the, the problems that these Canadian teams are faces facing is largely self immolation, honestly, in a cer- certain yeah, sense of the word. Sean McIndoe of the athletic did a really good kind of explainer on all of the, uh, conspiracy theories, reasons, thoughts on why Canada is not won a Stanley Cup in the last forever. And basically the best that that him and Dom Lashushkin could boil it down to was just awful fucking luck. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Gary Bettman has made NHL teams like my hair follicles and just migrated them to the south. Um, they got a lot of butt hair in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe one of those butt hairs going back to the North soon. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, overall moving forward, we got four teams left. Who you got? I think I'm going to go with Carolina versus Dallas in the final. Okay. Um, I think Ottinger is the difference in that Vegas mm. Dallas series. Okay. And while I'm not fully convinced that this Panthers team is as good as they have been, um, I think it's more that I just think Carolina's depth wins out, especially on the back end, because Florida is not a good, does not have good depth in the, on their defense. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be a, especially after seeing what Carolina just did to New Jersey. I yeah. think is Florida a different animal? Yes, absolutely. But if anybody is compared or if anybody is prepared to dominate a different animal like a kitten, <laughs> it's definitely. Yeah. Carolina buried New Carolina. Jersey like they were Jimmy Hoffa. Um, we'll never find him. Exactly. Jack, Jack Hughes is dead. <laughs> I don't see them quite doing that to florida no i i don't think they're going to do it as substantially but i i do think ultimately i think we're looking at a six seven game series but i think ultimately florida's or carolina's defense all right i'm just gonna go exact opposite of you you would uh, for funsies yeah it's it's better that way give me liberty or give me death give me vegas And give me the kittens. I, I, kittens in Vegas. Yeah. Go, there's, going gorillas. There's no wrong answer, I think, here. Both there of these really series isn't. seem like a toss-up. It's, and, 
it's fun. It it it's interesting. So do you, you ultimate cup winner? I hate to say it, but I think Dallas wins. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna go Vegas. All right. I think think this ends up being Jack Eichel revenge tour. And Buffalo is still happy that he's gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've spent the last, you know, five, ten minutes speaking about the kitties. Um, speaking of other kitties, we got some PHF free agency news, starting with a shot across the bow of all other PHF teams by the Boston Pride. Wait, go. By bow shot, I mean <laughs> the Boston Pride were like, you know what? We got talent in our backyard. Let's just go get Alina Mueller out of Northeastern University. Yeah, there's just like they sent some scout like just in an Uber. It was probably like Kaylee Fracken was just like, I'll go check her out. Sure. Uh, <laughs> she seems all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to drive the less than five miles. Yeah, do to that. Go to Northwest, Northeastern University. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Um, it's. Alita Mueller for the uninitiated is probably the best European forward in the world right now. She's spent the last five years at Northeastern university kind of just dominating women's hockey. Uh, I believe was a finalist for the Patty Kazmaier five times in those five years. Jesus. Uh, she's, she's just been unreal good. And this is, uh, just another move of rich get richer. Boston always has an absolutely loaded team. Yeah, they and, just reload like Alabama every year. Yeah, they were like, oh, man, Elizabeth Jaguar is gone. Uh, I know what we can do. Got this. Got it. And so this isn't their only signing of the of the offseason, but it's by far the biggest uh, outside of like re-signing like Taylor Wenskowski and some others. Um We'll, we'll do our PHF preview sometime in like October, probably before their season starts in November, but it's getting juicy now. It's yeah. PHF off season, our free agency last year was like the only year that it was like relatively tame. And I mean, that's just because they didn't expand the salary cap and exactly. like, <laughs> and this is, this is going to be a and like small tangent. This is going to be a huge, off season because as we've already seen some pwhpa players mm -hmm. are starting to change over to the phf mm -hmm. uh which seems like a smart financial decision uh yeah this is and security decision the first couple ones we've seen is like the first couple banks we've seen collapsing like yeah. it's just it's a bellwether and uh the gates are open and you know we'll we'll see what happens with the the big 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 names in the PWHPA. Sure. Something tells me that they are going to stay because they know Absolutely. they're getting paid regardless. They're going to stand pat. They have their positions in their respective national team programs. Right. You know that like the PWHPA just exists to augment national team programs, mostly Canada and the U.S. Yeah, I but mean, yes, but yeah. does it augment any others? Uh, there's some European players in there, sure. Uh, but but what we're seeing, like, we're not going to see Kendall Coyne Schofield playing for the Whale. 
Like we're not going to see the big names. Amanda Kessel's not going like, no, but what we might see is those mid tier players choosing the security and the increased competitiveness of the PHF, uh, you know, instead of the potential of the PWHPA. And the PWHL. reaction probably to some player exodus is like the PWHPA finally getting their fucking act together and making this maybe. thing a league. Maybe. I mean, but they also may be too far behind the ball to make it happen because there's we've heard talks about like payment of players being akin to like a summer job. If you're a teacher. Yeah. I mean, they, the, the player contracts last year for, were for 24 K, which is not nothing, but but we're talking about Kennedy Marchment now making almost 10 times as much. Yeah. Making 130 K for, uh, playing in a more stable league and you know yeah, okay like fine that's, only five times yeah, as much like that's mcmansion money right right like that's get that suburban mcmansion that's that's very solid <laughs> like that's great money get more roof gables than lauren gable yeah like that's that's that and, and that's for 24 games right right so that's that's a huge financial commitment to these women and you know even makes the NWSL look like pauper money in some ways. It really does. And that's actually that's a really great observation. It's like holy shit. The PHF is going to maybe smoke the NWSL in terms of compensation, yeah. average compensation moving forward. That would be dope. And and we'll see how that plays out, right? We'll see how you know does this financial upswing come with continued stability of the phf uh do we see expansion you know there was right talks floated about an eighth team coming in somewhere in some you know unknown location yeah or the do they go pets.com and just fucking implode yeah <laughs> for sure and um, uh kennedy marchment fucking ebay mastermind 130k like that is it's as far as we know the second highest contract in the league behind Daryl Watts's deal in Toronto. For now, uh, for now, uh, it's almost a tenth of the salary cap for the whale if they spend to the limit. Um, we're also seeing Montreal kind of leveling up. It's like Montreal ate the mushroom. The Montreal Force. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I keep wanting to call them the Montreal Seven. Yeah, as. as it, it, like as an extension of the Toronto six. <laughs> yeah. The, the Montreal magnificent seven. Um, yeah. Montreal went out and said, you know, we, we weren't great last year, but we were pretty close. Yeah. We we're pretty close to good. They were competing. What can, what can we do? And so, you know what? They, they just went out and signed a former Patty Kazmaier winner and Elizabeth Jaguar. They also signed Corinne Trader, who just had the best goaltending season in the history of the PHF. Yeah, for the uninitiated, the person with the last name Jaguar is not goalie. Yeah, not the goalie <laughs> in this conversation. Uh, Jaguar, an incredibly prolific forward. Over a point a game last season with Boston and um, 
talking about the goalie, Kern Schroeder was had the best goaltending season in the history of the PHF, uh, winning both Rookie of the Year and Goaltender of the Year. Um, Boston's going to be good again. I'm just going to put this out there. They're not going anywhere. Right. It, and that is kind of the dynamic that has been set up. It's like we have this fucking Death Star of Boston and then everyone kind of in some way exists in their shadow and that someone got one over on Boston this year hard. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was a pretty convincing win against Boston. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Minnesota, you know, who had trouble scoring all year was like, how about we do it now? (laughs) (laughs) How about we just do it in one game? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's puck luck. That's, but it's also, that's hockey, baby. As uh, other teams kind of try and navigate the shadow of this Death Star, you know, who is Alderaan and who is the Rebel Alliance, right? Like, (laughs) some will get blasted into, like, an infinitesimal amount of dust particles that just float through space until they get sucked up by some forming star. Alderaan. And uh, others will come, like, Luke Skywalker and save that motherfucker, right? (laughs) And so, so who is the Luke Skywalker in this? And an early it's candidate. It's Michaela Grant-Mentis, always. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's fair. Um, but the, the, the early candidate here is the Riv. Yeah. The Metropolitan Riveters. Because while Alina Mueller is a huge coup, Kennedy Marchment getting 130k, great win. The force stealing Elizabeth Jaguerre and Kern Schrader right out from underneath the Pride, big deal. None of them signed quite possibly the best goaltender in the world from the other league. So Nora Raddy, who is the one of the most decorated hockey players of all time is a surefire hall of famer in multiple countries also a founding board member of the pwhpa spicy has signed with the the metropolitan riveters spicy um just for like and this is one of the first true ship jumps we've seen well so nora Reddy spent the last couple of years playing in europe mm-hmm. and you know and not with the pwhpa just pwhpa despite being yeah. a founding member she had to spend enough time away to get them to forget about her um she signed a contract with the phf and was immediately removed from the pwha board members list on their website um so there's definitely some hurt feelings here mm-hmm. uh, just like uh, just slander just to kind of give some kind of background on Nora Ratty. Um, one of the best seasons I've ever heard of in my entire life in any sport uh, in 2012, Nora Ratty was the goalie for the university of Minnesota, their okay. women's ice hockey team. She went 38 and Oh, I guess that's okay. That's uh, yeah. Uh, suck at Miami Dolphins. Like <laughs> thirty-eight and zero. 
gave up 36 goals that season. Less than a goal a game. A <laughs> 0.96 goals against average. 9.6? 0.96. Jesus H.W. Christ. A 0.956 save percentage and 17 shutouts. So she shut out almost half her games. That's legitimately ridiculous. That's stupid. Uh, they've also played in, I think, what is like, a, they have, like, I think, five medals from IHF World Championships, like a couple of uh, Olympic medals, I believe. Uh, they are legitimately in contention, if not very clearly the best goaltender in the world right now. And this is a hijacking by the Riv. Right. Boston pride, no longer having the best goaltender ever. Yeah. And like Like, Minnesota mm, loon pads, maybe having something to compete with. Well, like Corinne Schrader had the best season in PHF history ever, but like, right. And Corinne Schrader is, a great player Mm -hmm. but she's not the best goalie in the world like this is bonkers and like amanda levier you know maybe could almost lay claim to that like it's cool to see a goaltending arms race and we thought we saw it last year uh like you know tough mustard went up to play in toronto who already had elaine chuli uh, we saw Corinne Schrader coming in to replace uh, Emily Burt uh, on a team that already had LaVisa Sealander. <laughs> like, yeah, the, like the, there has been a clear intent from the PHF to upgrade their goaltending. And uh, this is this is. This is Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <laughs> well, and like, like you're seeing these teams that have like two legitimate number one goalies just because there aren't enough teams to spread all of the number one goalies around to. And uh, like a lot of these teams have two to three goalies that could be the person for a franchise. There just aren't enough franchises. Yeah, it and so sorry. So here we go, right? Like we're about to pony up into the stratosphere in the PHF and really what we are really what we are looking at is can the PWHPA respond or is it too late? And it might be too late. Signs say too late because the star power of the PWHPA is hard to ignore. No, it's, it, it, but it they totally can't get is, a leak. Yeah. Together. And they're too dependent on the national team dynamic. Absolutely. And that I think is in flux enough that it makes it difficult to start a true league. I mean, I think they, they have designs they have once, you know, they have an ideal league and I think it's 
the very basis with which they get these really good players. It's these national teams. I think those that's kind of the problem with the league um, because it's hard to you – know, the national teams are always going to put themselves first. They're never going to say, hey, we're going to run out of players to this league. and, and Yeah. Whereas the PHF – they don't have that. They don't have, I mean, for better or worse, they don't have, yeah. it, it's a crutch. Like the, the PWHPA, the national teams for them, they're a crutch. And the PHF is never going to have that. I think to mostly their benefit because they've had to kind of figure out how to be this upstart league, but they have a f- full commitment from their players. And the PWHPA is never really going to get that. They, they just by design, they they aren't. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if Canada and U.S. play a summit series in the middle of the season, the PWHPA is on hold because most of their players are gone. Exactly. And like, does a PWHPA All Star team beat a PHF All Star team? Probably. Probably. Is it a good game? Possibly. Yeah, I think so. Especially if Noah Raddy's playing. <laughs> and I mean, that could be cool. Let's get a grudge, true grudge match. Would that ever fucking happen? No, because GMs are too worried about being embarrassed. Well, and the PWHPA clearly just has some disdain for the PHF. And yeah, they came so close. For better or worse. Uh, they know, came so close to embracing and... You know, the, the PHF sent uh, this big document over to the PWHPA saying, hey, you know what? We know we fucked around in the early years of this league. We know we didn't treat uh, our players with the respect they deserve. But, but we, we also found, found out. out. Yeah, we found out. <laughs> and, and we're willing to share those findings. And has taken subs- substantive leaps. They provide health care. They're players are making a living wage wait i'm american what is healthcare? exactly right yeah this is the phf is doing a lot of things correctly uh, mm-hmm. as of late uh getting regan carry on board as the commissioner was a huge step um and the fact of the matter is that a lot of those pwhpa players know regan carry and, and you get the sense that the pwhpa players are like pining yeah. To like get over. Like, but like, it's like the second that you become a backup goalie for the national team, maybe you want to jump ship. Yeah. Because there's a run on goalies in the PHF. Yeah. So I think there's a, a really good uh, chance that there's a really good chance that we see um that we there's a really good chance that we see a future where the PHF just kind of is the league and I'm not against that yeah, so I mean, they, it seems like they've kind of earned it yeah. at this point it one kind of feels bad for the BWHPA but we want to see a unified women's league where everyone is competing at the top level against each other. I mean, I think that's, that's the vision, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I mean, that's the vision that like the NHL struggles to, to get together. So 
it's not easy. But yeah, it, it really seems like the PHF is trending towards being the league. And we're fully fucking supportive of it. I mean, we're going to fully support the PWHPA as well. But sure. Like, we would love to watch all of them at the sports bra. Uh, we just can't really find time to get a seat there because it's always too busy. <laughs> it's too fucking busy for us. Yeah. Um, speaking of m- jumping from women's hockey to women in hockey, uh, our quick hits at, uh, section for the end of this episode starts off with the Portland Winterhawks selecting goalie goaltender Morgan Stickney out of Shattuck St. Mary's uh, with the 215th pick in this year's uh, WHL draft. Uh, Morgan is 15 years old and has been drafted, <laughs> uh, which I mean, that that is how the 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 CHL and WHL operate. Um, but they are the first female American selected in the WHL draft ever. Um, and it's well-earned. We talked about some great goaltending numbers earlier. Here's some more 24, four and three with a nine twenty eight save percentage and 1.52 goals against average at Shattuck St. Mary's, which would be against about It'll, the best yeah. talent that you have absolutely age level absolutely elite level talent that they're playing against so that's uh, a huge milestone for women in sports a huge milestone for the whl and i'm fucking thrilled that it's our portland winterhawks yeah uh, it'll be really awesome like she's gonna have a battle you know to to get playing time to but the winterhawks are deep man there and they always have good gold right they're they're a really good team just to see her get in a game just to see her compete will be super cool so you know we'll be watching we'll be trying to go to those games and see see her play when whenever she gets a shot 100 percent, yeah so out in the desert yotes don't get the votes and if we ain't get no toes we can't buy no rolls <laughs> The um move that's Robin Hood men in tights joke. The Arizona voters authoritatively rejected the Arizona Coyotes bid for a new stadium in Tempe. Um as they should. It, one feels bad for the Coyotes. <laughs> but shit was kind of crazy in the the political battle for this like there was like signs saying like billionaire rape city and like because it's true yeah i mean this was going to be one of the more billionaire financed stadiums in a hot minute am i happy to see it kiboshed kind of absolutely but also I feel bad for the Coyotes. I feel bad for the Coyotes and their fans, but like, fuck billionaires getting handouts. This is bullshit. You're a billionaire. Build a fucking arena. Sure, but the handouts were going to like max out at like a quarter of the cost of this. <laughs> Don't care. And that, and that was like the tax break. Like study after study shows that arenas and arena districts do not actually encourage growth oh, yeah. or encourage 
uh, or bring wealth, new wealth into a city. And uh, these, the, the housing portion of it was going to be like underneath the flight line and approach for the uh, Phoenix Sky Air- Harbor. Yeah. Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. Um, and so that was one of the, like, Tempe, the city was actively suing to prevent this because they said, yeah, this is breaking uh, land use laws that we had previously made. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, am I butthurt to see it go? No, not terribly, but like the coyotes, like I, I, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for, I feel bad for Clayton Keller. I, th- that like, sure. he's basically become like the person I feel worst for in this whole fucking scenario, a borderline almost star player that has just been relegated to Arizona for his entire career so far and try as he might. He's only managed to like get to an all star game like twice. Yeah, I, I, there's, there are people who are getting screwed in this entire situation, but I hope it just ends up being the billionaires because fuck them. We don't need them. Well, I mean, the billionaire in this scenario was going to pay something like 75% of the bill. Don't care. And keep them in Arizona. I mean, if the people of Tempe aren't willing to foot yeah. that twenty five percent of the bill, do they really care that much? Uh, like the, the I, people have spoken. Yeah, I I feel like we've gotten a good barometer of where the city of Tempe and the Phoenix metro area in general feels about the coyotes, and it is to say, eh, fuck off, yeah, <laughs> fuck off, but we off don't with care. Yourself. Go to Houston, you know. And there is a chance that they are relocated by next season. I mean, they're it's small, but it's real. Yeah. I it, mean, they, the Nordiques saying, the Nordiques made it to Colorado in record time. So yeah, I mean, the Whalers relocated to Carolina in like five months. Um, Hell, the Baltimore Colts went to Indianapolis overnight. So, like, yeah, I mean that the moving trucks is forever the image. The there, Mayflower right? moving trucks, yeah. Um, I don't think they're gone by next season. I think they stay. I don't either. And play in mullet. I think Gary Bettman is so invested in keeping them there. I know he prepared for this eventuality. I think he probably saw the writing on the wall. I don't think he's ever prepared for anything (laughs) except his outfit for the Lake Tahoe game. Yeah. Except a a trip to Kohl's. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, can I get these jeans with pleats? (laughs) No, Gary. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) We only make them flat front buddy, but that's why you get them for $30. Uh, what sucks the most here, I guess to me is something I've kind of read out earlier today. Um, the junior coyotes, they're like really fucking good and like competing internationally and killing it. And where do they go? You know, what, what is their story? Because if they move to Houston, maybe that just goes along with them, but you got to build, 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 build. Like that is a community organization. Um, if they go to Canada, those organizations already exist and 
that doesn't exist anymore. So, or, you know, or do you get this sort of like marooned junior hockey apparatus if the Yotes leave? And maybe, maybe that still exists. Like maybe Arizona State is enough of a buttress to kind of help that fledgling hockey market thrive. And maybe they get a team again is what like some people have said if the Yotes leave, but there's too much political bad blood right now. The Yotes organization has not shown that they can fulfill their financial duties. And so that's, what's making this all a fucking huge problem is everybody's worried if they do business with them, they're not going to get paid. Well, I mean, their players didn't get paid for a while there, too. So right, like, and, and now you have fucking Clayton Keller's dad out on Twitter saying he's going to hold out if they don't move. Or if, like, and so we're entering a very messy end game for this franchise. And, I mean, it, it, yeah, the NHL could take him over again somehow. Uh, they can try and move them, Houston, remake them. We have the technology, but Clayton Keller always gets screwed. This is my last comment on it, and we'll move on, but they should move him to Anchorage. Dope. Yeah. I love it. Time for a team in Alaska. Right. Like, you can only take, like, small Cessna planes, float planes to get there. Yeah. You got to rent out a whole armada of them. Uh, it, it takes an Iditarod dog sled to get to the game. Speaking of uh, armadas, a, a whole bunch of folks are signing up to buy the senators and uh, famous people galore. I mean, we talked about Snoop Loop last week or last episode. Uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, consortium bid for the senators has uh will not proceed according to ESPN. Yeah. So where we had the, uh, the weed group and then thanks to the weekend joining this, we had the hard drugs group. Um, unfortunately we have lost the gin group, which gin sucks anyways. So oh, that's fine. fuck off. It's summer. It's gin time, baby. Yeah, it's summer. That's why I want to drink pine trees. I don't really have anything to add to this until uh, we get uh, an actual owner of this. I do miss the fact that we're not going to get the Ottawa Wrexham FC Deadpools yeah, uh, right. as a team. But uh, you know what? That That's okay. Speaking of okay, uh, and by okay, I mean like <laughs> okay, uh, Philadelphia hired a uh, noted TV personality who kind of sucks Keith Jones as their uh, president of hockey operations. Uh, this is great for broadcast booths because we don't have to hear him speak anymore. Addition by subtraction. Yeah, but probably terrible for the Flyers. Uh, well, he is a former Flyers player, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why they made the move. Yeah, because like, they're all fucking chasing Broad Brindamore. Yeah. Uh, like that is any team that hires a f popular former player is chasing Rod Brendamore. There's some real Matt Millen F effects <laughs> coming in right here. And I foresee this going poorly. But the thing is, the bar is set so low with Chuck Fletcher that like 
anything is probably an improvement. So we'll see yeah, how that I mean, goes. What's the but... worst thing that can happen? Your GM's son goes ape shit. What's the worst thing that can happen? Oh shit! You already hired Torts. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> and Tony D'Angelo. Whatever. Philly is a fucking tire fire, and oh. they're going to be a tire fire for the foreseeable future. Oh yeah, yeah. and I'm here for it. Yeah, it's, at least one of the teams in Philly can suck. <laughs> it, it like the Flyers. It, it's gonna be the opposite of love boat. It's hate boat. Yeah, it's like it's below I deck. Want that to be televised somehow? Give me fucking give me Torts versus Keith Jones. Give me Torts versus Danny Briere. Danny Briere. And at some point, somebody says, "Yeah, and your kid's a scum fuck." <laughs> Love it. Love it to death. Oh my God. Yes. Give me the, I want to be a fly on the wall in this Philadelphia fucking a flyer on the wall. Ah! <laughs> ah! I, I hate myself. Um, but yeah, moving on. Is there an echo in here? Because, uh, Gabe Landeskog is out for the season again, 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 again. Yeah, uh, he, after a year of being out, they decided, you know what? You need surgery, bud. And so, and I don't know the medical history behind this. It's not good. So it's a low percentage surgery. Yeah. He's, it's like, it's like a Greg Oden surgery. Oh, well, that worked out real well. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a, uh, uh, Greg Oden was also 74 years old when he got drafted. Yeah, well, you play in the NHL for 10 years and you see how old you feel. Oh, um, Landis Cog, I got a, a, a pretty rare low percentage victory um, knee cartilage surgery. Yeah. I hope he plays again. Same. Oh, absolutely. Like, if he doesn't, at least he got a cup. He definitely got that. And, you know, it's a, then we get to see Nathan McKinnon as captain. And, you know, that's just going to be like, just hell on wheels. Right. Landis Kaga was the, the the cog in the wheel, so to speak, just allowing those players to eat regular pasta. Yeah. He was just like slipping it behind people's backs. Like, it's okay, Cal. You don't need to eat your namesake. It's cool. Here's some, here's some regular gluten. Here's some, here's some cereal for you, bud. It's like Nathan McKinnon is captain. No, only check me pasta. (laughs) Um, speaking of no, uh, John Anderson, uh, who is normally quite good on, on ESPN made a, a pretty big uh, blunder by uh, mocking Zach white cloud of the Vegas golden Knights name. We've gotten some criticism for gently making fun of player names. Um, this is a place where us as amateur podcasters know not to go. And it's crazy to see a professional just, Biff go it. in there and just yeah anderson said that a white cloud is not a an acceptable name except in toilet paper 
which is a dumb, it's beat, a bad joke, not funny, and see a uh, racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Did he the one fucking saving grace to this guy is like he didn't realize he was being racist. Like, I, well, I, I, a whole lot of yeah. people get a whole lot more excuse for unknown racism to to First Nations people, and it's it, like that shit needs to fucking stop also he also spelled zach white cloud's first name wrong in his like apology tweet <laughs> like he spelled it z-a-c-k instead of z-a-c-h it's like, i mean that's within the yeah but it's autocorrect like, but it's like yeah also like do your fucking my android button. autocorrect is like super fucked up. it's awful right it now. is really bad i don't understand like android autocorrect sucking maybe driving me back to getting an iphone um because it is just that fucking bad i like it when it changes the word i put in and then tells me that i use the wrong word that's yeah fine. and and changes it to like something unintelligible it's like i'm trying to say like the word mood and it changes it to like mm, boobs because I, mean, I said that once yeah boobs are great but yeah white cloud actually reached out to anderson after white cloud gave a just gut-wrenching press conference basically yeah talking which, sorry go ahead. yeah he i mean he just he talked about using his grandfather's name and have it carrying on the legacy of his grandfather's name uh the pride he has in being a first nations uh nhl player he won the hearts and minds of the people well zach whitecloud handled this so incredibly well absolutely um he, gave, he gave. reached out to john anderson first mm-hmm. um and he said you know that's just how i was raised was you know like we reach out to make amends even when we have been done wrong because you've been done wrong a lot yeah as a first nations person exactly like he handled this with so much grace in this press conference he was so measured you know like he left the space for empathy for the people that had done him wrong yeah which rarely happens right and if you're going to be the bigger person that's how you do it so huge props to him i didn't he like i didn't see the the john anderson riff because i kind of didn't want to because zach white cloud's interview with the reporters was so good like i just didn't even need to see the other side yeah like he told me all i needed to see and props to him a player that we've rooted for, a player that we fight over in fantasy. We like him, and yeah. we like him even more now. So it sucks that it had to happen this way, but the world got exposed to who Zach Whitecloud is as a person, and that's a good thing. Uh, we're going to end this one on a lighthearted, kind of fun, silly note. So the OHL playoffs have been going on, and the Sarnia Sting and the London Knights met uh, in a seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, all of the NHL teams in Canada are out, so <laughs> all they have to root for is OHL and WHL teams. And Right, and I... Uh, so Sarnia was a big underdog. They were one of the last teams to make it into the playoffs, won their first round series and so as a friendly gesture the mayors of sarnia and london made a wager the wager was that if sarnia won this series then a crosswalk on sarnia street in london ontario would be painted yellow and black for the sarnia sting colors Mm -hmm. on the flip side 
If London won, then London Street in Sarnia would have a crosswalk painted yellow and green or gold and green in London Knights colors. What's uh, more Canadian than like having every other Canadian city as a street in your town? Yeah, we do it. Uh, we do it with states usually, but they yeah, but we like, mispronounce them. So it's yeah. like fucking Alabama. The London Knights ended up being victorious in game six, winning the game in Sarnia. The crosswalk was dutifully painted. Uh, there is no timeline for how long it will stay painted hopefully they just leave it because that's kind of funny i want to know and what a great legacy to like like why is that one sidewalk (laughs) different crosswalk different let me tell you a story about junior hockey (laughs) right that's so fucking canadian yeah yeah i want to meet like the public works workers that are like okay we need to get artistic now yeah in shame this was uh it the photos of the the road crew doing the painting they're just laughing hysterically while they do this painting so which is exactly like that's how public works it's actually how it should be yeah so congrats to the london knights for their victory over sarnia and congrats to the residents of london street in sarnia for getting a fresh new uh, cross walk that's all we got for today thank you for as always for listening to us as we pontificate you're uh you're actually our only friends so we're very happy that you you stick thank around. you for being our friend yeah you know we traveled down the road and back again your heart is true you're a pal and a confidant and that'll be as far as i go down with the golden girls theme <laughs> yeah, so, yeah if you aren't I, sick of us we're at Ansmaki.com, where we have not only podcasts but long form articles now we're real bloggers handsome hockey podcast on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter handsome hockey pod at gmail.com if you are millennial emailing fiend handsome hockey facebook page for our parents and i need to get caught up on uploading our shit to youtube but we have it there too we're all over the internets for your perusing pleasure or displeasure you know whatever if you hate us uh just keep listening to us that's fine uh yeah we we take hate listens tomorrow is thursday which means we're about to get an influx of listens for some reason or another um thursday's big listen day for us yeah so i kind of love it and it would be cool i don't know it'll be cool no matter what but it'd be cool if we like got the episode out on that day and got this like a re a huge spike maybe I'll, I'll see what i can do tomorrow i'm sorry zero pressure <laughs> yeah that that's exactly how i feel now uh i'm just gonna go home and start whipping myself at my desk chair now thank you as always for listening to us uh and you know if you're a leafs fan um we're sorry yeah, yeah. We, we we really are it was sorry 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 it's a tough life as a Leafs fan. Like, you got to hand it to them. Oh, it's hard rooting for this team with decades of history and, like, famous players and, you know, like, well. But their rent is, like, half, insanely high. A half decade of failure now. Congrats to Phil Kessel for having escaped all of that shit. Yeah, good for him. Eat your hot dogs, live your life, and stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau tout le monde.